Hey, Salt Lake, at the risk of being too personal, is your mattress sagging? If you are rolling into a taco every night, I am begging you to visit your local mattress warehouse and just try something a little firmer. Your spine is the center of your being, and I don't just want you to have good posture. I want you to Disney princess your way around this city, flush with optimism from a good night's sleep. Visit mattresswarehouseutah.com to find the location nearest you. That's mattresswarehouseutah.com. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. This weekend, the Utah Gay Rodeo Association is hosting a mini indoor rodeo at Club Verse on State Street. It's a fundraiser to bring the Crossroads of the West Regional Gay Rodeo back to Utah after a 19-year hiatus. I asked UGRA trustee and local cowboy Kevin Hillman why we're seeing such a resurgence in cowboy culture. It's Wednesday, March 22nd. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Kevin Hillman, trustee of the Utah Gay Rodeo Association. It's been 19 years since Utah hosted its own gay rodeo event. Can you paint a picture for me of the legacy of gay rodeo in Utah? Gay Rodeo in Utah started in the early 80s, probably around 82 or 83. Reagan era. And they were called the Golden Spike Gay Rodeo Association. And uh, they also were involved with um, the International uh, Association. But back in those days, it was just the one rodeo that was being held in Reno, Nevada. And a couple of Utahns went to Reno or three or four and competed in those very, very first rodeos in the 70s. Well, if we zoom out of Utah, like nationally, when did we start to see gay rodeos in the first place and why? The first rodeos were held in Reno, Nevada, and they were held by a guy named Phil Ragsdale. Good name. And the first one, I think, was in 1976 because we're going to have our 50-year reunion in 2025. And we're planning on holding that in Reno, Nevada. He started it up because he wanted to do a fundraiser for people living in an assisted living center and get them a Thanksgiving dinner. And it evolved into an AIDS fundraiser as time went on. And those rodeos went from 76 to 85. I attended uh, the 83 and the 84 rodeos back there, and they were huge events. I mean, hundreds of thousands, it seemed like, of people uh, coming into Reno to see the rodeos. If you see any of the video, the grandstand is standing room only, and there's hundreds of people still out in the parking lot. Paint a picture for me. I walk into that rodeo in Reno. What's the scene? Mainly bare-chested men because it was very warm. <laughs> and uh, Country Western dancing going on all over the place, and it was just a big, happy place where you could be out and proud and didn't have to worry about being discriminated against. Um, most of the restaurants and all the hotels basically were filled with gay people at the from, who were attending the rodeos in Reno. Uh, we had an incident where we were at a restaurant and a table refused to sit next to us because we were a bunch of gay cowboys. Hmm. So um, they had some Interesting events back then because uh, none of the local ranchers or anyone was uh, let them rent or borrow cattle or livestock from them. So they had to go to the auction yard and buy them. 
to use them at their rodeo. And so they had quite a mixture of uh, animals that they were using at those first rodeos. And they did uh, a Mr. and Miss Gay Rodeo, Reno Gay Rodeo, National Gay Rodeo. And uh, we had a couple of people from Utah uh, who were a mister of that event back in the 70s and early 80s. When you were attending this rodeo in Reno, were you a Utah yet? Yeah, I had. Well, yeah, I was living in Logan. Living in Logan. So when you came back to Utah from this event, were you inspired to see a gay rodeo in Utah or were you like, this won't play here? Well. I went just because of my Western background, and I had met some guys from the Golden Spike. There was 14 of us that stayed in one hotel room back in Reno because there was no <laughs> rooms left. So when they came to check on how many of us were there, a bunch of us were hiding in the bathroom so they couldn't see how many people <laughs> were in the room. Uh, and we got away with it, so that you know that's pretty good. Mm. And in 1990, I competed in my first gay rodeo in Phoenix, and in... November of 1990, I became the Mr. Utah Gay Rodeo Association 1992. What events did you compete in? Well, if I had a horse, I did barrel racing, pole bending, breakaway calf roping, uh, flag race. And then without a horse, I did shoot dogging, calf roping on foot, wild drag race, steer deco, goat dressing, and that was my events. And that's pretty much the events I competed in the most. Wait. I know most of those because <laughs> I'm also a horse girl. My mom was on the rodeo circuit, but what is wild drag racing? We have three camp events, goat dressing, steer decorating, and wild drag. Wild drag consists of a team of three people, a girl, a man, and someone dressed in a costume or a drag. You're required to have a dress and a wig on. They have a steer in the bucking chute. Oh, no. The cowgirl has the steer's rope, and it's on a halter. They let the steer out. The steer takes off, and the cowboy can run up and help. And then they have to get the steer 70 feet down the arena. And at that point, they have to get the drag on the back of the steer, straddle the steer, one leg on each side, and then take the steer back across the 70-foot line. And the drag has to be on its back straddled when it crosses that line. That's labor intensive. And it's the event we have the most accidents and injuries in of all the K-Rodeo events, even more so than bull riding and some of those other events. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Was your family super supportive of you joining the gay rodeo circuit? Um, I kind of didn't tell them. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say they were supportive, uh, but they weren't against it. They never treated me poorly when I came out. And uh, my siblings are all pretty much very supportive. Um, I have a younger brother who owns his own rodeo company and puts on a small town rodeo every Friday nights in my hometown in Driggs, Idaho. You know, it's fun that we're having this conversation because, of course, CityCast Salt Lake, this show, we are a hyper-local podcast. Honestly, for city slickers, though, I will tell you, Kevin, I try and sneak as much horse content as possible into this show. <laughs> but we are residents of a mostly rural state. And I think that oftentimes us urbanists are guilty of making a lot of assumptions about rural America and the country lifestyle. So... I'm curious, what kind of narratives about the West does Gay Rodeo look to upend? In a lot of ways, when the International Association was formed, 
before we before we had one here in Utah, its main goal was to provide a space where those who wanted to play in the dirt and those of us who grew up with a background in rodeo and stuff, a safe environment so that we could compete in rodeo and still enjoy who we are because we really couldn't be out and compete in the PRCA professional rodeo circuit. So immediately it was started as a charitable organization in each community to raise funds for different charities and also for a safe space for those of us who come from a Western farming, ranching background. And so Gay Rodeo fills that spot. And during the 90s, rodeo was a phenomenon throughout the United States because of uh, the movie industry. And uh, so we had like 24 rodeos a year wow. in the 90s every year and uh, up until into the early 2000s. And now we have about 90, 11 rodeos a year. And then we have a finals rodeo every year where the top competitors during the year are asked to come and invited to compete at the finals rodeo. Why do you think there are less rodeos now than in the 90s? The phenomenon with cowboys and stuff is kind of quieted down in the gay community. Uh, it's not as uh, hyper-masculine as uh, it used to be. Um, and just not an interest. The other side of that is is uh, we don't have to have young people nowadays going to gay bars. They can go to any bar they want, and they're accepted by their friends. And the people at the bar were, when I was coming out, the gay bar was the center of your life when it came to your gay community. And so there was a lot of camaraderie there and a lot of people getting involved and supporting one another, where now young people can support each other just like anybody else. And they don't have to have their life uh, centered in a gay bar mm -hmm. and gay social organizations. Salt Lake City, what if this is the year you host Easter dinner or brunch? Harmon's makes big meals easy to prepare with delicious holiday specialties made from scratch. Just heat and serve, baby. Lay a pre-cooked honey ham on the table and absorb the compliments from your family or friends. They don't need to know you napped instead of staring down the oven. And if you're not the host but need something to bring, here are just a few of my favorite spring ideas. First of all, Harmon's fragrant Easter lilies will impress anybody's mom or delight a neighbor. Now there's no need to even heat up a pre-made side like deviled eggs or fresh cut pineapple, but bonus points if you transfer them into your own dish. And as listeners of this show well know, I will lose my mind if you show up to my house with Harmon's Hot Cross Buns. I invite you to make some new Easter traditions with Harmon's. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. I feel like 
we are in a rodeo moment, kind of. Like, I've heard people describe it as the yeehaw agenda. Like, you're seeing, you know, Orville Peck, the the singer who who dresses like the Lone Ranger and like Beyonce's on a horse on an album and um, Vanity Fair, or was it Vogue declared 2022 the year of the horse girl? Like, it feels like the Western agenda is back in play right now. And I wonder if that will time up with more gay rodeos in the future. I don't know. I, I do believe right now there is a movement back towards the Western lifestyle and the simplicity of it uh, and the romance of horses and cowboys. Yeah. But I, it's not at the level it was before. Even the uh, straight rodeo circuits, they, they have seen a diminished audience. And so they're fighting for everyone uh, to get in, get people in a seat that they can. And it's made it so that uh, some of the straight organizations are reaching out to us to be able to help us and, and keep their audience interested. So there, there's a little bit of uh, crossover now like there didn't used to be. Uh, we have the Women's Professional Bull Riders Association competing in our rodeo for points and money towards their finals rodeo, and it will go to them winning their all-around in the WPRA. So we are kind of scratching each other's backs and bringing people um, in from other groups, and it opens the door whenever you're able to see each other. That is so interesting to me to think about all of the different sort of sectors of rodeo and Western culture having to work together to quote unquote preserve the lifestyle, right? Because I'm a member of the Backcountry Horsemen and, you know, we got an email at CityCast this morning from Days of 47 saying we're looking to recruit cowgirls to to compete in Days of 47. And um, I think one of the, the reasons that it feels like all of these country organizations are trying to come together is because it's expensive. Like horses are expensive. This lifestyle is increasingly expensive. And when we think about like land and access to horses and barrel racing and participating in rodeo, like that lifestyle is so unattainable now. Like we just don't, we don't have the space or the finances to all be riding horses, though we may, we may love to. Well, if you look at, uh, someone who is in the rodeo and competing at a high level, uh, an inexpensive horse can cost you $18,000 to $20,000, uh, a $100,000 horse trailer to haul the rodeos, $300 entry fees that uh, doesn't mean you're going to win any money. Correct. And so it is, it's, it's a hobby that is kind of expensive, even if you're doing it on a professional level. <laughs> Probably no insurance policy. On your body. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, I want to ask this question mm -hmm. because we've brought up the concept of drag a little bit in this conversation. Do you think that gay rodeo is a form of drag or is that a misunderstanding of the premise? Because rodeo is a performance, right? That's how I've always thought of it. Well, I always tell people there's the way I dress in public and then there's my drag cowboy persona. So I... I kind of look at any type of outfit as drag, regardless of what it is. But when it comes to the rodeo, the rodeo's rough and tumble. Drag is part of our community and the rodeo community because the royalty, the Mr. and Miss, 
are the fundraising arms of our associations, and so they go out and raise money. And in our community, drag is one of the ways that a lot of money has been raised, and it's because of drag queens and transgender people and lesbians who fought at Stonewall to give us the right to be who we are, that we want to incorporate in gay rodeo every aspect of the positive parts of our uh, lifestyle and of our community. And so it being a part of drag, that's why uh, the wild drag race is there, I feel, because it incorporates our community as a whole. And uh, I am someone who believes that uh, we owe a great deal to our drag queens because they were the ones who were out front and fighting for our rights as much as anybody. And the lesbian community, when the AIDS crisis hit, took care of the men and helped them get through whatever it was they needed to get through. And uh, so when you talk about drag, to us, it's just a, an entertainment part of our community. It's a part of our community that we respect. And those who don't, don't know their history. And uh, it's really sad that they don't know what drag had done for us and uh, our community as a whole and the history of drag. And uh, mm -hmm. I just really appreciate our drag community. And it is an art and it is a lot of work. <laughs> if you've ever traveled with a drag queen, you know that. <laughs> it's a lot of suitcases. Yeah, it is. A lot of wig boxes <laughs> and everything else. But uh, the kids who do it and the guys who do drag and the girls who do uh, um, male drag is are people who are putting themselves out there mainly to help their community. You know, we're living in a, a moment here in this state in particular, although global, uh, nationally as well, where we are seeing increasing legislation, like actual laws being passed that target the health and wellness of queer Utahns. How do you think this 19-year triumphant return of gay rodeo in Utah will be received? You know, it's funny. It's been received very well. Uh, even the predominant religion, the people from it, the majority of them, uh, I believe, are good people and that they do not want to hurt anybody, even though they think they are protecting people by mm. some of the laws they're passing. But they haven't walked in the shoes of these parents and of those of us who are lived in this lifestyle and who have this community. So they can't really know what we're going through. And unless they are willing to accept it, because you can never understand. I mean, if it's not part of who you are, you really can't understand it. I don't, I don't understand the lesbian community, but I'm <laughs> going to accept them. History is on our side. Well, I think your optimism and perspective is certainly welcomed and needed right now. <laughs> Kevin Hellman, trustee of the Utah Gay Rodeo Association, what a joy to chat with you. Thank you. I am so excited for this rodeo. It is already in my Google calendar. <laughs> the ones we've had here before have always been very fun and successful. The Crossroads of the West Regional Gay Rodeo is planned for June 16th through 18th at the Golden Spike Event Center in Ogden. If you want to help fundraise or just have a great time, this Sunday, March 26th, the UGRA is hosting a mini indoor rodeo at Club Verse on State Street. Festivities start at 3 p.m. I asked Kevin if there will be mini horses inside the club, and he said no. 
But there will be pole bending with plungers, five-gallon bucket barrel racing, and stuffed goat dressing. There's no cover charge, but they'd love a $5 or more donation to support bringing the rodeo back to life. And of course, Club Verse is a bar, so it's 21 and up. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Quick favor to ask, if you like this show, will you give us five stars on Spotify? Maybe even leave a nice quick review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Thank you. It's a tiny step. It will take you mere minutes, I promise. But it makes a massive difference for us in spreading the word about our show. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.